More mailbag questions next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Brandon Scott again with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. We're going Thanks for making Lockdown Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. So we are doing more mailbag questions. So question number one. This comes from Webb on uh, YouTube. Webb says, Johnny Davis, current NBA comparison and floor ceiling. What do you think, Ed? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I know a lot of draft networks, they, for, I'll, I'll start off with comparison. So a lot of draft networks, they, or draft scouting reports or websites, they would say, um, Josh Hart. I can certainly see that just a three and D guy who plays hard, um, plays with his hair on fire, well coached, um, played really well in college at Villanova. Um, Josh Hart is what, six? Three, if I'm not mistaken, Johnny's about what six five. Um, they both play hard on on defense. Um, I'm not sure. I know John. I know Josh Hart is from the DMV area. Um, I'm not sure if he played football or not, but Josh Hart he kind of looks like a football player too. And Johnny Davis played quarterback in high school, so they, they kind of got that 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 you know like Jalen Suggs. You could I I, I, I can see a comparison to Jalen even though Jalen Suggs is a, it only played in one year. But I, I would compare Johnny to Jalen. Jalen Suggs has that football background too. They're kind of like that bulldog, um, kind of scrappy uh, two guard. Um, I can also see. I saw. I just saw an article as well saying Cantavius Caldwell Pope, and I can see that too. But Johnny really has to improve on three point shooting, so I can see that too. I was thinking in my head, Danny Green, who is on the. Uh, I want to say he's on the Grizzlies now, but he was on the Sixers, played for the Lakers. 3 and D guy, picked up full court. I want to say Danny Green made, made an all-defensive team. And I think Johnny, man, I think he can be really good defensively. I think he has really good defensive potential. I know everybody's down on him right now because he's really struggling on the offensive side of the ball. But there's things that he, that he did well defensively. I saw him scrap, get on the floor for a loose ball. I saw him get some deflections against the Warriors. I've seen him do that in the Summer League, too. Um, you know, I know, unfortunately, he's 0 for 12 in the first two Summer League games. But I thought I saw some potential there defensively. Now. Um, I've seen some people say Marcus Smart too, um, but I, I could definitely see KCP. I think he could be a three and D guy. Right now, he just can't get by people. He can't really create separation. And uh, KCP's a three and D guy. You know, he, he's a three and D guy who's not going to put the ball on the floor much. Can handle the ball a little bit, but you don't really want KCP dribbling too much. And I think Johnny would have to change his game, of course, to become a three and D guy like that. Um, because in college, three-point shooting wasn't his forte. It was more isolation ball, mid-range game, and shooting the mid-range shot. So I know it's a loaded, it's a loaded answer here, but I think, I think his niche in the NBA is really going to end up being, especially on the Wizards. If he wants to play, then he probably will have to be a three D guy because I just don't see them calling isolation plays for him at the mid-range like they did in college. I just don't see that at the moment, especially with Bradley Bill out there and Kuz and Rui. I just don't see that. And then a point guard, I don't see him playing point guard right now um, because, you know, he's still learning the position. You can still, he was still learning. You know, he was picking up his dribble out there. 
against the Warriors at the point guard position. He made some, you know, he did he made some indecisive reads and made the wrong reads, made some turnovers here as a rookie, which is normal. But I just think a fair comparison for him would be KCP. And I think it's going to take us some time to get to that. Uh, he's really going to have to improve his three-point shooting. But I think he can put the ball on the floor a little bit, but he's just not getting by guys. He's not creating separation. So he's not a guy that you're like, oh, yeah, go out there and score one-on-one, where guys like KCP is coming off screen, knocking, knocking down that mid-range shot, knocking down the three, and just being a pest and being a, a menace defensively. I think that's where Johnny can really feel it. I think his ceiling right now would be like a KCP or a Josh Hart. I think his floor, which which um, he didn't ask about his floor, I think his floor enforcement would be like a Jerome Robinson or uh, Jared Coolmer or somebody like that. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, it's tricky because, in my opinion, he still has a high ceiling. I mean, you made some good points. Um, the speed's not there. He's not blazing past people. But the reason I say he has a high ceiling and really a high floor, I'm going to say this, is because he – it's, defensively, he's already above average, in my opinion. So he's already got that instinct defensively. Defense, you can make. I mean, you could, you could be really good defensively, and your your um, playmaking and your scoring could come later. A lot of players in the league um, that you can say that. You know, if you look at Pat Beverly, he wasn't a shooter. He wasn't scoring early on. He was a defensive guy. You know, you look at guys like Bruce Bowen. You know, defense. He's already got that. Defense is not so much it's something that's taught. It's, it's a mentality. He's got that dog mentality. So I think that that alone, he's going to be a defensive guy in this league. So, yeah, his ceiling, I definitely agree, KCP. Um, another name, Fiebel uh, for the 76ers, defensive guy, 3D guy. His shot, you know, if you look at Fiebel, his shot has been slowly developing. And now he's got a really nice three-point shot. So his, his, his shot has developed. But that that would be my comparison. It would be uh, Matisse Thybul with the Philadelphia 76ers. So yeah, definitely his ceiling definitely three D. I like to see him in a three D row. You know, he's a little undersized, but I think that with his defense, he could eventually guard wings. And, you know, obviously he's a two guard right now, but you know, definitely his ceiling. You know, you hit the nail on the head. KCP, uh, Josh Hart's a good example. Uh, his um, his floor, and that's why I say he's got a high floor. Defense, guys who their expertise is defense, they last longer than guys who are stretch guys who play offensively and play no defense. You know, you know, there was a time when, you know, stretch fours were very popular in the NBA, but not anymore. You know, your, your fours are guys who can play some defense. And, you know, if you look at Eastern Conference, you need a four who can play defense. So, you know, great question. Um, but I think defense alone, he's shown enough tenacity, enough dog in him, enough – that he, I think he'll survive. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to watch that if he puts the effort in. Right. He's a, he's a guy that, that gets better as he goes along. He may be a late bloomer kind of guy um, because in Wisconsin, he averaged seven points a game his freshman year, and then he went up to 18 points a game, became Big Ten player of the year, uh, was a go-to guy, was unstoppable, was getting double-teamed. Defenses, you know, shifted to him and were bracketing him, double-teaming him. So uh, he's a guy that shows that he improves and gets better uh you know year by year and that's what you, that's that's what gives me confidence that Johnny can improve right now summer league was a rough patch these past two games have been a rough patch but that's not going to define his career so i think he's a guy that is going to get better he has that want to and that will to to get better so it's just going to be it's a work in progress that's why i'm i'm really 
intrigued to see how the Wizards handle his rookie season. How do they handle the development of Johnny Davis? It's going to be key, you know, G League or playing right now, which I don't see a lot of playing time for him right now, unless you know, barring injury. Of course, the guys are going to miss games, so he's going to have to be ready. Bradley Bill's going to get big minutes. Will Barnes is going to get big minutes. Rui, uh, you know, Kuz, you, you got Barton and, 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 um, and Monte. I'm sorry, you got Monte Morris at the one and, 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 uh, and DeLon Wright at the playing at the one. So it's like Corey Kispert has an ankle injury. So when is he coming back? Um, I think Corey would be the, the two guard behind Brad. So it's like, you know, where is he going to get his minutes from? But um, I, I think he has a bright future ahead of him. But once again, this is a draft pick where you're just going to have to have to be patient with Johnny. So I just, I'm preaching patience with him, with him. It's hard to do that, but I, I think, I think we, I think he's going to be a solid player in the NBA. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I'm very high on Johnny Davis. I, I have a lot of love for his high motor. He's got a high motor. You know, he, uh, when he was diving for loose balls, I mean, that impressed me. That's what you want to see from, especially young players. Um, you know, so he, I think he's going to do, I think he's going to be a really good basketball player. You know, I don't think he's going to be a bust. I mean, I hope not. I mean, I can't, and I have a crystal ball, but, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I really, I, there's high motor. You, when you look at guys, like especially young guys with high motors, they have good careers. You know, you don't have to teach that work ethic. You have already, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I, but I think that, you know, you already mentioned, you know, I think the G League is a good thing for him. I think that he needs to try in the G League. You know, there's not enough minutes from the get-go. So why even, you know, have him sit on the bench? You know, you know, give him playing time. You know, go-go. And this is, this is where developing players comes in. And this is, you know, I'm going I'm to get on Tommy real quick and, and West. You know, I want to see how they develop. You know what I'm saying? Development, especially with Johnny, is going to be key. How do they, you know, do they start in the D League? Do they try to play him? You know, do they, you know how do they develop him? This is the, the spotlight on them right now. How do they develop? Because you know, don't don't forget, you know, you still got Isaiah Todd to go go. I think that he's a good prospect. So you know, I would definitely, you know, if I could, if I could give my recommendation to them, it would be the G League. You know, why even, you know, just put him in the G League, let him get playing time, let him get his confidence up. Because I mean, really, from the two games of Japan, he looked bad. I mean, he looked bad, and I think a lot of that had to do with confidence. You know what I'm saying? It had a lot to do with confidence. His confidence mm-hmm. is down. You know, you just see it. You know, his shots were off. You know, he was just not even close to hitting these shots. And his confidence is down. And, and that comes with the draft pick, the position. You know, he's at a draft pick where, you know, you, people want to see immediate results from him. And, he's, he's, you know, I'm not going to say he's not panning out. He's just he's going to take a little bit of time to develop. But, he's just, you know, the, his, the mental part of it is a big thing. You know, you, we were just talking about a couple of episodes ago about Ben Simmons. You know, he, he came back and he's looking good. You know, the mental capacity is, is big especially with young guys. So I think from a confidence standpoint, it behooves them to put him in the G League. But before we move on, we're from a couple of our sponsors. First sponsor we're going to hear from today is BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Follow the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And next, 
for my next sponsor, Flex Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview. Make sure you check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview starting October 10th. A six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combining as one Ultimate NBA Preview. Starting October 10th, search for Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, next mailbag question. Let me get in here. Give me a second. So, bear with me mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah, I think it was about Johnny Davis, who was like the best case scenario on uh, Johnny Davis. As oh, I well. got you. I got everybody yeah. in suspense. All right, here we go. Yeah. Drum roll. Drum roll. Right. <laughs> so, this has come from uh, Twitter. It's from Jazz Focus. Good, nice name. Better chance Wizards make playoffs or trade Bradley Bill this season? Man, man. What do you think, Ed? Um, I would say make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to trade Brad this this quick this season. Um, I highly doubt that, especially after signing the deal. I think um, things would have to go really bad. It have to be – they would have to go 32-50. and 50. Uh, I don't want to jinx that at all because they weren't too far away from being that bad last year. Um, but you know, it's a new team. I think they improved. The only thing is the Eastern Conference improved as well. So things would have to go really bad uh for Brad to request a trade. And of course, you gotta remember, you know, only Brad can request a trade. They can't trade him, you know, without his permission. So he has to be the one to um to request a trade, or Tommy Shepard can come up to him. And if they really want to rebuild or retool, um Brad is the guy who controls his own destiny or controls the wizards franchise destiny as well so brad has to sign off on that um that that's just where it is so i highly doubt i would say they made the playoffs i think the wizards have a solid team i think they have a good roster um i have them in that playing range playoff range so you know eight eighth eighth seed ish i could see i could see around there nine ten um so I, I would say i would say playoffs more likely playoffs than trade and i totally agree i think out of those two options, playoffs. I think because Bradley Bill, I mean, look, they're all in. <laughs> At this point, they're all in. He's all in. You know, even from his standpoint, you know, the likelihood, even if the next couple of years we are just a complete terrible team and start selling pieces off. I mean, his contract is gonna be next to impossible to move. Because who's gonna want to trade for a player, especially and no disrespect to Brad, I'm a big Brad fan, but trade for a guy who, you know, really not a top 10 player and all the incentives in his contract, he, it's untradeable. This is more untradeable than the John Wall contract was and the Russell, Russell Westbrook was because of the no trade kick on uh, the no trade clause and then the kicker. So I don't see us moving him anytime soon, unless it's for another star who's just run down the line. So definitely playoffs. But in my, in my opinion and what I predict is I think up to the trade deadline, we are going to be hovering around the eighth, seventh seed. Because I, I, I'm a bit, I, I say this all the time. I, I know people are tired of hearing this from me, but I really believe that they have to do a reconsolidation trade because you just got so many pieces and that you can only start so many people. And I think that if this team going to the deadline is around the eighth, two to six spot, they have to make a move for a veteran guy to really put them over the top. You know, we were hearing reports about, you know, Jay Crowder. And I don't know, you know, the likelihood of Jay Crowder coming in, especially with, you know, there's so many guys that you could start that we already have at the three and four. So definitely playoffs. I think this is a playoff team. 
you know, the East is it, the East is no pump. <laughs> the East is loaded. But, you know, there are question marks this season. You know, how does Brooklyn do? How's their chemistry issues? You know, how, you know, we know the issues that Kyrie has, especially when it came to the, the, um, the vaccine. You know, Ben Simmons came in with his own, you know, a lot, you know, his own issues. And KD, you know, people are forgetting that KD asked for a trade. You know, and I know that Steve Nash and him are saying that everything's all good, but I have a hard time believing that it's all good that quick. You know, so there's a lot of questions. You know, Cleveland got a lot better. You know, you still got Milwaukee is there. Boston, you know, Boston, you know, they have a lot of issues off the court. I'm not going to get into it, but they have a lot of things going on, but the talent's still there. So, you know, there's a lot of questions, but so I do think this is a playoff team, but I think they're not a complete playoff playoff team. Still, they, they're one move away, in my opinion, because I, I'm very intrigued about how KP and Brad play together, especially with Kuz. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Monte Morris and Will Barton coming in. DeLon, uh, DeLon Wright is a very under-the-radar signing to me. You know, so definitely playoffs. I, I don't see Brad Bill being traded anytime soon, if ever. I really believe he's going to play the contract out in D.C. because he's got too much invested in D.C. And just if I'm an, an opposing general manager, I, why would I trade for Bradley Bill? Why? Because it's just the contract alone, he's not a top 10 player. Like I said, no disrespect, but it is what it is. You know, so I don't see him being moved anytime soon. Yeah, um, and then the D.C. Council that just came over Bradley Bill Day, that's going to be on October 11th, you know, just commemorating him for all the good things he's done in the city and D.C. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, you know. So GMs are able to move these contracts. They did move Russ. You know, the Wizards moved Russ. You know, he requested a trade, and they moved John Wall's contract. And John Wall, you know, he's, he's on the Clippers now uh, after being bought out. You know, Blake Griffin, you know, his contract was looked at as immovable as well or tough to move. So, it's crazy nowadays how, how these guys, you know, GMs are making moves or teams like the Thunder, they'll eat these contracts, you know, or, uh, you know, other teams that are rebuilding and tanking, they'll just eat contracts and then they'll sit guys and they'll buy them out. You saw the same thing with Al Horford happened with OKC, then he had to sit for a year. He was bought out. Blake Griffin's had to sit for a year. He was bought out. John Wall bought out. And then Russell Westbrook, you know, he's... I feel like he's going to be moved eventually again with the Lakers, and he opted in for his contract, which is $47 million a year. So it's just crazy how you see these big contracts are, you know, they, the GMs are maneuvering. They're finding ways to move these contracts. But, yeah, I don't I don't see Brad requesting a trade this year if things go bad. I think, like I said, it had to be really bad. It had to be like 32 and 50 um, for him to look at. And then even if it does go that bad this year, I think they I think he would wait it out and see if they can make a trade for a disgruntled star. See which disgruntled star, you know, because, you know, they checked in on DeJounte Murray. They swung and they missed. Of course, they were in the, the Donovan Mitchell rumors. Um, they were in the KD rumors. And when, I don't know how true that was. But I think Brad is going to wait it out one more year to see how it works with Porzingis and to see if they can add another star to the roster. You know, SGA from Oklahoma City Thunder, from the Oklahoma City Thunder, I would see what happens with that. I think that's their last chance to acquire a star or someone at the all-star level at an all-star level via trade. I think Brad wants to see that how that happens. Now, if if you I think if year two goes awry or bad, I think that's when they get to talking to we'll see. Like if they don't if they don't make the playoffs this year and they don't make the playoffs the following year in 2023 or 2024. Then I think, you know, it may be time where Brad looks around. He's like, hey, I tried. It didn't work out. 
I want to move on, you know, and he'll, he'll try to pick a team, you know, most likely it would be the Celtics or something like that. But that, I don't want to get on that, that negative route. So, but to answer the question, yeah, I think playoffs, it's going to be hard to make the playoffs, but I think the playoffs are more likely than him being traded this, this, this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely have them as a playoff team. Uh, you know, I, I really do. I, Cause I think that they're, they're really slept on right now, but I mean, when you compare the Bradley Bill Supermax to Walls and Westbrooks, theirs were easier to move because point guards, if you look at point guards in the NBA, you know, it's people are, are more likely to trade for a point guard because there's certain instincts that, especially veteran point guards, just point guards can get jobs easier. It's like quarterbacks. You know, you see a lot of Asian quarterbacks, they're still getting jobs in the NFL. So, I mean, they're, they're easier to move John Wall because the vision, you know, he's the floor general. And, you know, he's not as fast as he used to be. But the big reason why the Clippers brought him in is because he's a floor general. And he's proven that in D.C. And, you know, I know he didn't play in Houston last season, but he's a floor general. So those skills are always needed. I mean, look, Mike Conley's still in the league. You know, Ricky Rubio is a commodity people are trying to trade for. You know what I mean? So point guard, people are going to take a chance on point guards because the point guard is such an important position that is longevity to it. You know, shooting guard is tricky. It's like running back in the NFL. You know, running backs, you know, they're lucky if they make it past their 30s as far as, you know, people wanting them on the team. You know, and shooting guards, you know, he's getting older. You know, he's he didn't have an injury to his hand last season. You know, does he make that step forward and have a better year? Because if Bradley Bill has a bad season next season, man, that's the situation. You know, because shooting guard, you know, you look at shooting guards, you know, like like I mentioned, I use an example of running backs. The shelf life is, is a lot, you know, smaller than point guards. You know, you, you don't see a lot of two guards that are, are starting into their mid-30s at the same level they were when it's not going to happen. And he's, you know, he's getting older. So th- to me, there's a lot of questions with Brad Bill as far as taking the, he needs to take that next step forward next season because, like I said, that supermax contract that puts a certain status over you. You got to be that guy, mm-hmm. you know. And, and this contract is, I mean, this is this is gonna be a hard one, you know. Yeah, I mean, you look at Russ's and you look at John Walls. There was a time when people thought they were untradeable, but you know, if you can make the money match, especially with guys that are disgruntled. You know, you had two guys that were disgruntled at the right time. It was a it was a timing move, you know, uh talking about the trade between us and Houston. But you know, Brad, you know, what's my incentive as a GM to trade for an agent two guard that if he has another bad year, people are gonna start asking questions like, you know, Kenny is he is he gonna get back to being that guy? And, and like I said, I ain't trying to be negative, but I, I try to be a realist too, you know, mm-hmm. in that position, and you know, you go from the half moment when the front office is signing to this deal to you're getting yourself into a situation where you're going to hold on to a guy for three or four years and he's just going to be here so you know definitely playoffs is the option but you know there's there's a there's a lot of questions with this new contract because like i said there's a lot of confidence that's being put on brad you know he's he's they're asking him about personnel moves you know this, this he's that guy so We'll see, but yeah, we're going and there's, in, there's a scenario. Oh, uh, before you, well, yeah, I'm uh, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, there, there could be there could be a scenario where neither happens. Unfortunately, there could be a scenario where Brad doesn't request a trade or they don't make the playoffs. Like I brought up before, too, where they may not make the playoffs, they may be close to the play in, you know, or they may make the play in and not make the playoffs. You know, they may lose in that play in game. And uh, they still they're still competitive, and Brad's like, okay, yeah, I want to see what happens next. I want to run this back. So, um, but yeah, I mean, 
it, it's just crazy. I mean, I, they're, they're, every contract now, it looks untradeable, but somehow, some way, they find a way to trade trade these players because, like you said, I know point guards, but um, also, you know, I do think that, you know, it, it would just be a rebuilding team that would just eat the contract. And uh, like the Thunder, they, they've done stuff like that too before. You know, they, they've taken on contracts. Um, other teams have, and then unfortunately, it just ends up being a, like the Rockets. The Rockets did with John Wall too, and they'll just eat the contract and, and buy it. You know, they'll buy out the player, and it will end up like that. So, but that's worst case scenario. So I don't want to speak that into existence with Bradley Bill at all. Hopefully, it all works out where we do end up making the playoffs and he does play on the contract. So, but we do, we do have to look at it from every way. And uh, this was from a Jazz fan as well, you know. So asking, getting our perspective on that. Because the Jazz are going through a rebuild right now, where they had they traded away Gobert and they traded away Donovan Mitchell. So hopefully, you know, we'll see if it ends up going that route for the Wizards in the next two or three years or in the first year of the future. Well, if they indeed have to move that contract, Tommy is going to have to be a wizard, and no pun intended. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going ahead and wrap it up, guys. Thanks for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So everybody, thanks for watching and have a good night.